Hey, it's John Richards, a cut above horror review, episode number 13, and we're going brand new this week. We're talking about Malignant, the brand new movie from James Wan. Of course, he did The Conjuring, he did Saw, he did Insidious. So, how do we feel about it? Well, you're going to find out. Plus, we have a special guest this week, Nicole from the Light and Shadow podcast. We talk a little bit about how Nicole and I met and uh, the, the tie-in for the Straight Chilling podcast. So, Everybody enjoy episode 13, A Cut Above Horror Review, because we're cutting out the cancer and we're starting it right now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing Malignant from 2021. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. Let's start with our very special guest star, Nicole, who is with us this evening. Welcome, Nicole. Hey, guys. I'm glad to be here. Hey, Thank Nicole. you so much for joining us this evening. It's uh, really course. an honor to have you with us. Um, you're extremely insightful and i'm sure we're all really looking forward to hear your to hearing your thoughts on this particular film <laughs> yeah no pressure no pressure <laughs> no no we, we know it'll be good uh next up let's say hello to hydraberg what's up hydraberg how you guys doing what's going on nothing nothing just looking forward to uh I, I, frankly, I can't wait to hear what all you guys have to say about this movie. So, <laughs> And last but not least, let's say hello to John. What's up, Johnny? Uh, hey, guys. What's going on? So uh, I, I do want to mention uh, Light and Shadow podcast from Nicole. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on. And we actually do have kind of a past history because you and I and all, actually all four of us have a connection with the Straight Chilling podcast. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how we all kind of met. But actually, my, my first interaction with Nicole is we celebrated uh, Straight Chilling's 300th episode. Uh, her and I and, uh, and Anthony all went to hell for these guys to come back to continue <laughs> doing what they were doing. Yes. And then we had to do some kind of magic to get get out. <laughs> Half star for Yabos. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it was like some jet ski magic or something like that, right? It was rigatoni, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> rigatoni? Well, I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, they haven't used that bump. Right, Nicole? <laughs> yep. Yep. That was the magic words. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I do. I want to take my time and give it to Nicole. Um, you do have your own podcast. And I, it's one of those podcasts that I really, really enjoy, uh, the Light and Shadow podcast, because you, you go beyond just like talking about horror movies, but you, yeah. you've done other things. So please talk about it for a little bit. Well, thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I do a Light and Shadow, a horror podcast, and um, I don't do really like review or anything. Um, usually what I'll do is pick a topic and talk about how that relates to culture and history and how that's sort of like filtered into to film. So I like to do a little bit of film discussion, a little bit of analysis, and there's there's always a cultural connection because I love history and folklore and, and all of that good stuff. And all those things, you know, always seep into our favorite horror films. So um, you can find me on pretty much all your favorite podcatchers. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, at Light and Shadow Pod. So please check it out. Now, I will say, though, um, I've always consistently come out with one episode a month. But this year has been a little different. 
Um, I've taken a little bit of a break just because uh, I was like, I don't want this to become, I don't want to just like add to the noise and put out content just to crank it out. So um, I usually record an episode when I feel like I have something new to add to the conversation or I'm really inspired by something. So um, I am, you know, reusing content and I'll whenever we have relevant stuff happens in the world I'll share you know the content that I have but for October I am going to be coming out with a new episode and it's probably going to be um a story time episode where I read a spooky story um so yeah I do those from time to time good good yeah I do those from time to time it's kind of fun so um give you uh give you something something spooky to listen to maybe when you're driving to your Halloween party (laughs) Or all year round, or all year round. My favorites or whenever. are my my favorites are when you read the Mask of the Red Death from Edgar Allan Poe and the Yellow Wallpaper. And I still think that story that you told is so funny about how your mom thought you wrote the Yellow Wallpaper. <laughs> I know my so sweet mom. I know. Well, like she. I mean, she's the one who got me like into horror and, and all that stuff. And so, but I don't know how much classic literature she's read. So when she she listened to it, she was like, "Oh my gosh, that story was so good." And um, and I was like, "Yeah, it's always been one of my favorites." And she said, "Oh, I thought you wrote it." And I was like, "Oh, I wish. <laughs> wish I wrote my it." My daughter's a genius. <laughs> Yeah, so love the classic horror stories for sure. I do yeah. gotta say is that those pictures you posted, and it must have been a you know a few months back of, of you actually you guys actually went to Salem, Massachusetts. You and your husband actually went out there. My mom and I did. Oh, your mom and oh, yeah, wow. it was for her 60th birthday. She wanted to do something like kind of big and different. And um, so we had never been there. And I was like, I proposed it to her. I was like, I don't know if you'll like this or not. But I was like, what if we went to Salem for your birthday? And she was like, I love it. Let's go. So we um, we went in April and we went to the witch house and the witch museum. And we walked everywhere. I mean, just the whole city is just has great spooky vibes and old houses. And people are all really friendly. Um, but yeah, if you're a weirdo or a horror fan like definite definite recommend you have to go to salem you can stay downtown and literally walk everywhere and like i said the people are great they, they don't loathe tourists they will totally like put up with your tourist questions and give you recommendations <laughs> like you can tell the people that live there really love their city so absolutely definitely did, you gotta go did you get vibes out there like when when you went out there did you get that kind of like spooky vibe when you went there not really Okay. Not really. Yeah. It, to me, it didn't feel strange. Um, I know that there there are a lot of like actual like Wiccans and palm readers and, and stuff like that. People who do like practice like the spiritual side of witches. Like for me, it's more just fun, you know. Um, but I didn't get any like any like bad vibes. Like I said, everybody there is just like pretty cool and just sort of happy that you're there. So that's awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. I went yeah. I went to Boston on a school field trip when I was in eighth grade and we were supposed to go to Salem and visit the witch museum there. And then I don't mm-hmm. remember what happened, but something happened that changed the itinerary. And I was so like 13 year old me was Aww. so bummed. Cause I was like, all, I mean, I didn't appreciate, you know, all the other historical stuff that we were supposed <laughs> to be doing. That was like the one thing I was really looking forward to. And so yeah. I was like, I, I basically pouted for the time, yeah, so. I I want to go back to Boston now because we went and just did Salem for like four days. But I was like, there's a lot of cool stuff in Boston, but it's only like a short train ride from Boston to Salem. So you could go and spend like a whole week and kind of do both. And I'm sure it would be a great trip. Field trip. 
Yeah. Okay. yeah meet up. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. All right. Well, are you guys ready to get into our discussion of this movie, Malignant? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, first, of course, we have to have the world-famous Heidelberg reach-around plot synopsis. You have one for us, Heidelberg? I do. I need consent from uh, Nicole first, though, before I give her a reach-around. Yes. <laughs> what the hell? You never <laughs> Whoa. It's, it's just a yes. It's going to be a controversial one. Here we go. All right. <laughs> With leather trench coat and trophy knife, James Wand is here to conjure you up a slice of teratoma pie with hair in your eyes. This film relies on a big surprise. It might be delicious or it could be insidious. The plot for this tale is quite uh, ridiculous. <clears throat> Make an homage to late 90s schlock. The villain in this film kills 100 cops with bombastic action and CGI dribble, like the angel Gabriel, but this one's the devil. Win for the twin, parasitic A. Read it backwards and what's it say? A parasitic twin for the win. So settle in for a tale of the evil twin that makes little sense with bigger plot holes than chain link fence. <laughs> Beautiful poetry as always. Thank you. Another, another gem there, Thank you. Might have, might have <laughs> slipped in some spoilers there, but yeah. that's okay. That's all right. You know, I was actually thinking maybe we should give the spoiler before the uh, reach around for now on, because I do so to touch on some things. Well, too late now. <laughs> all right here's a, here's a spoiler alert we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about malignant from 2021 james wan's new movie uh we're going to talk about this movie in its entirety if you have not seen it make sure you pause the podcast go watch it and then come back come back to find out what we thought about it and i guess i gotta do initial thoughts huh <laughs> well let's let's favorite. do our let's do our fuck or suck segment oh there we go oh, where we just give one. a a quick, like, not detailed, uh, quick overview, basically, whether or not you would recommend this movie. If you like it, it fucks. If you hate it, it sucks. Nicole, would you like to go first? Sure. <laughs> uh, I wish there was something in between. <laughs> um, but since there's it. not. I mean, it, it could be like it could be like a frigid kind of movie where it doesn't fuck or suck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I would probably give it more of a frigid Um I I was pretty much on board the first, like, quarter to half. Um, I mean, I wasn't, like, loving it, but I was like, this is fine, because I had already seen a lot of hate online about it, and I was like, this isn't, this isn't terrible. Um, and then as we went on, it just kind of, like, lost me a little more and a little more. Um, and, like, generally, I probably don't ever need to watch it again. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna time. say it wasn't just garbage, but you know. So let's give it a frigid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. That, I think that's that's pretty honest. Good. Yeah. Uh, Hydraberg, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> I noticed on the second viewing, this movie grew on me. Uh, pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I said I couldn't figure out. I couldn't quite place whether it sucked or it was a definite fuck. Um, so I'm like with Nicole, I, I wrote down, I'm going to say that it was a dry hump. <laughs> I, I, frigid wasn't an option at the time, but I just, okay. I don't think this movie's so bad. It's got, it's got some, some merit. There's some things to enjoy, but I can't say it fucks either. So I'm, I'm sort of in the middle also. All right. All right. I'm, I'm already a little surprised by these uh, overviews. John, care to share your 
fuck or suck opinion. Do you want to go first or do you want to go before me, Jacqueline, or do you want me to go right now? It doesn't matter to me. If you want me to go first, I'll go. Please. Okay. Uh, I like Hyderberg. I watched this movie twice. Um, and the first, on the first viewing, I was like, this totally sucks. Like, um, I, I just, I thought it was a mess. And, but also like Hyderberg, upon the second viewing, I think I came to appreciate it more. Now, I do not think that it fucks. Um, I think it could have fucked. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> it, it did not it did not cross the threshold past frigid and into fuck territory. So I'm gonna have to say, unfortunately, I think it slightly sucks. But I, it, it hurts me to say that because it could have fucked. But alas. John segment's getting out of hand. <laughs> I think James Wan just raised the bar when it came to uh, horror movies. You know, we have Insidious, we have uh, The Conjuring, Conjuring Two. Um, this movie was so confusing and and so bloated that it, without getting too much into it, and we can continue the discussion. But this movie totally sucks. <laughs> I mean, this movie <laughs> sucks. Okay. It, it it doesn't cross any territory for me. Like for me, it just sucked. Okay, so no redeeming value. Uh, no, no, because I, and maybe it's because I hold James Wan in such high regard, and it's not saying that I won't watch another James Wan movie. You know, like other other directors that people have talked about before, but like for me, it's just James Wan. Just it, I don't I don't know what he he was trying to do with this movie because. It went so. It, it was bloated. It was like, like, like it just felt he was trying to cram so much into one movie. But yeah. like, like, like it felt like, what are you telling me, dude? I mean, what, yeah. what, what is the point? John, I think you just hit upon something very important because um, if James Wan would have made this movie ten years ago, I think I also would have been hugely disappointed. I already was to the point, I don't trust him anymore, really, um, because he he has slapped his name on a lot of stuff. Now, producing is different than directing, of course, but still, if you're going to put your name on something, I feel like that means something, and he's put his name on a lot of stuff that's just meh. It, yeah. it, so it's, I, it's forgivable yeah. because he's put out a lot of stuff that that have been stinkers. You know, mm-hmm. Curse a lot, La Llorona. Like for me, mm-hmm. that that was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. He didn't direct it. <clears throat> he slapped his name on this movie as a director, but he slapped his name on the movie of Conjuring as a director, uh, Insidious as a director, mm-hmm. and. Soft. There's such there's yeah. and they were so solid and it, it, it's just like if you talk about your favorite movies of the past 15 20 years you know those movies like just they bring you in they scare the shit out of you mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. movie didn't scare the shit out of me at all it was just like all the same kind of tropes it was all like you look at it and you're just like oh you're bringing that back again okay so yeah. even the, even the house of where uh, uh, Maddie was reminding mm-hmm. me of the conjuring, and yeah. I'm just yeah, like, that's the same shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was also wondering, like, I think out loud, I actually said to my husband, like, who wrote this? 
<laughs> because, you know, when, when he did Saw and when he did Insidious, Lee Wanell wrote both of those movies. Right, and yeah. I remember for a long time, James Wan got all the credit for everything and nobody ever talked about Lee Wanell. And I always thought, well, hey, James Wan didn't write this story. You yes. know, of course, right. his visuals are very important and all of that. But I always thought this team is really important. And um, so he's made great movies without Lee Wanell, but that to me was just like a glaring, like we have a story problem here. And like, maybe he should have called his homeboy Lee and been like, can you help me crack this? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nicole, I agree with you. And that's like I said before, like I feel sad about this movie because I think it could have been so much better. And the fact that it wasn't feels like a really huge lost opportunity. And we will never get the movie that I feel that this could have been had it been handled properly. And perhaps Lee Wanell could have made the difference there. Um, Cause well, I agree with you. He deserves a lot of the credit for James and, Wan's early success. And yeah. I thought, I, I thought the content of the movie was, was fantastic. I mean, everything that was building up to this, you know, abusive relationship, a, a woman that, that had three miscarriages, four miscarriages. And it was just like, like, like that was dark. That was deep, but they just, pushed it aside just to do something else with it like later it in the was movie, taken it was more serious like, wait what, what yeah yeah it felt like those things felt like plot devices to make some drama happen early on and we needed the abusive relationship to have her slam her head into the wall i mean that could have been right. done other ways but mm -hmm. but then it's like we don't see any ramifications of that trauma really nope. in in her life it's just kind of like forgotten about um, the miscarriages and the abuse and I mean there's like a lot of deep stuff happening there that just yeah. didn't really get addressed again mm -hmm. uh, the only exception to that is the very end when the sister reminds her that, oh he was responsible for your miscarriages and that sort of spurs her to gather her you know her power and and fight back and take take control back but it didn't it didn't feel like a a a truly explored care like aspect of her life and her yeah. character. Yeah, that that like was it like been better. Yeah, for sure cuz like John like you said, I mean that was super heavy. I mean that's very serious. You don't just like willy-nilly throw that into your movie, <laughs> especially right. if you're a, ma a man making a movie like that's yeah. a very specific trauma to a woman. Um so especially when I've seen a lot of defense for this movie being like, oh, it's supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be silly and you need to just be along for the ride. And it's like, listen, I didn't put this super serious stuff in the beginning of the movie. He did. So, you right. know, it's like there, we, we were sort of set up for a certain thing. And then like even it's I felt like it was never really explained very well how he was causing her miscarriages either. I mean, we kind of glean that, but it's just like. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> because he was eating the fetuses or, or causing the miscarriage. I, I and again, and we we did the spoiler. That was feeding and his comeback. It, it was it was so it was so such a cop out for me. I mean, it, it, it was like like how could you not explore this? <laughs> I think the story of Emily being like uh, adopted by the psychiatric uh, place or, or given mm -hmm. away by her mom mm -hmm. and having the um, conjoined twin or teratoma. I, I, that's an interesting story that they could have done in a more serious nature mm -hmm. without having the, you know, the, you know, 
uh, what's parkour killer fucking backwards guy. <laughs> you also have to go back. You, you also have to go that back at the to end, but you, mm-hmm. what what James Wan has done before because. You know, yeah. there was nothing funny about this this family being terrorized by by uh, poltergeist or whatever no. in their house or or insidious. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you know, as ridiculous as that that um, you know the the guy that looked like Star Wars guy in insidious looked, it was frightening. <laughs> and he yeah. he, yes. he, he didn't he didn't like make fun of it. It was like this is what's terrorizing my son and making yeah. my son sick. Yeah. Also, okay. and like the Conjuring, I feel like the Warrens, even though in real life they're not the most likable people, they're likable in the movies. Sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's what made it entertaining. I, feel like I, yeah. I didn't feel a connection with Madison or Emily, whatever. Like her sister, none of the other actors really helped carry me throughout the film. And I, I agree with like you. I was behind any of them. Do you feel like that's because of like how they were written, like their dialogue and or or the acting so. or what? What do you think that was about? For they you? sort of glazed over some of the important stuff that we just mentioned, like that could have mm-hmm. filled the movie out a little bit more. You didn't need yeah. to bloat the movie with the extra stuff like action and all that. You could have had more mm-hmm. suspense, mystery built around her teratoma, and mm-hmm. you could have actually shown more of her past too. Because the, the parts mm-hmm. where we get like the uh, cassette tape later. And you mm-hmm. see, like, what actually happened. That was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that was. Yeah. You know, and if we yeah. got a little bit more of that, but the camp overall, like, sort of mm-hmm. killed that mood. I will say, I did enjoy her relationship with her sister when yeah, we did get it. Like, her, how her sister just, like, crawled through the window because she couldn't get to, through the front door. And then when her sister shows up at the hospital in her princess um, costume yeah. because that's her job. Yeah. Like I found those moments really endearing and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, this feels like a real relationship. And I didn't feel like um, the acting was necessarily bad. I just think that like the dialogue ri- was written really awkwardly and in some places yeah. just really terribly. So I was like, regardless of your acting skills, like these things are not going to sound good coming out of your mouth. Like, <laughs> and the I totally agree, the one thing that I, I totally noticed- agree. Yeah, the, the one thing that, that I've always been told is that this is going to be James Wan's take on a, uh, a Giallo film. And mm-hmm. the first couple of teasers that. that came out is that you saw the gloves and, mm-hmm. and the colors. Mm-hmm. And, and the blade. They, they did that a lot. They did a lot of color like schemes like blues, yeah. reds, greens, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it seemed like it was trying to be a Giallo film. But that's what I got from the first teasers. But then all of a sudden I saw the, the official trailer of the movie and it just, it was like, no, this is like a supernatural uh, horror movie. Yeah. Um, they I, didn't I, know what to call it. I think they, the genre yeah, element would have been really good. That was the problem with the movie is it because mm-hmm. it was so, it was so bloated that, that it gave you everything because there yeah. were scenes of where you saw the gloves of like somebody strangling somebody of, of, of a giallo film with the blue lights or red lights and then all of a sudden it was just like, no, this is like supernatural. No, 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 no. It's mm. not that either. Yeah. Yeah, John. Yeah. That would have been actually been really cool though, if they had done the Jallo sort of bend. Because that's you, fine. You have, yeah, mean, you would have had the, the reveal at the, the end that it was a teratoma and it's been Madison the whole time and she was the gloved killer. Like that could have been a really cool twist if done seriously. That, yeah. But, and that that's fine. If if that was a yeah. subgenre and that's that how it really ended. Cool. 
that's fine. But that's not how it ended because yeah. it ended with a right. supernatural thing going on with mm-hmm. the lights flickering on and off for a second movie. And you're like, I, yeah, I, I really thought because that first scene where she's like standing in the room and the room changes and she sees the murder happen. I was like, OK, she's actually doing this. I didn't know how, but I was like, clearly she's involved in this. So I thought um, once she was like. Once she revealed that she was adopted, I was like, okay, this is a twin situation. So I thought that she had absorbed her twin and that it was evil and that it was influencing her to do this. So I didn't actually expect it to be like a body coming out of her at the end, (laughs) you know. Um, Even the part where they do the surgery to like remove Gabriel and then put him back in her skull. Like I was sort of down for all of that. I just wish that... I wish that, like, that would have just been it, though, that he was still living in her skull and influencing her to do this, but it was still just her doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And to add to that, I I feel, I I totally agree. I actually was really into the teratoma thing, and I was really Mm -hmm. into the ridiculousness of him, like, coming out of her head. Um, It was almost kind of like James Wan's take on trauma or hen and lotter mm-hmm. or something like that so i was into it i was like all right this is cool this is exciting it's weird i dig it it's, i haven't <laughs> you know seen it done this way before what where it really really lost me i would say there are two ways two major ways that this whole concept really lost me the first one was adding in this weird like marvel super villain type ability of like controlling electricity mm-hmm. and like controlling what she can like making her think that she's just like doing her laundry laundry when really she's in somebody else's apartment i i i thought it was too too much and beyond my ability to like suspend my disbelief and it felt more like a super like a comic book movie than a horror movie i didn't care for that i'm sure that that was necessary or James Wan felt it was necessary to do that to conceal the nature of the killer and create red herrings, like to make it seem like it was a separate person, the way mm-hmm. that he calls on the phone because he can control electricity and project his voice or whatever and all that and to like create uncertainty in the viewer. But I hate it. I think I think because he I think he cheats. I think I think he he sets these rules in the movie, but then breaks them. Mm-hmm. So Primarily, I think that happens in the early scene after Maddie's husband thro- throws her into the wall when he's sleeping on the couch. He has a piece of shit. Um, oh my God. There are several things going on in that early scene that I think totally go against the rules that he sets up later. Like uh, the way that she's looking out on the street light outside and she sees the dark figure when the light is off and then the light goes on and it disappears Mm -hmm. and uh or then the husband sees the the dark figure sitting on the couch but when he turns on the light it's not there well he's not the one we've seen that before in other movies and and i get that like gabriel is a real entity yeah i have a theory about that can you guys hear me all right yeah yes i have a theory about that scene uh, like the the whole hair monster part, like seemed weird in that scene, right? He was like, you just saw sort of like, I don't know, it was like almost like an apparition or something like that. It was turning on the lights, and then we find out, you know, that he can control stuff, uh, electronics. But I thought maybe that scene where the boyfriend gets killed, that's not actually exactly how it went down. That was Madison's nightmare of it, like a dream of it, 
right? So like in her dream, it was a specter of made of hair or whatever it was, right? But it was really her doing it. So like it because it cuts right from that scene to her waking up from a nightmare. So mm-hmm. they don't really so, tell you quite well enough, but I feel like that was sort of like a nightmare of hers. But they do that. They do that multiple times though. Hydroberg. Yeah. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. like they do that. It's like all of a sudden, well, you know, this person's dead, but she had this vision yeah. of them. You know, the killer never takes that weird form ever again. It's right, after that, right. but the yeah. killer's actually physical. where is she? You know, I mean, yeah. she, but she has this vision of that, but it's actually the brother doing that, and and that's does that's the part that doesn't make sense to me is that okay, multiple murders are happening. Yet she's, you know, she's incapacitated. She loses the child, which is like the most heartbreaking part of the movie to me. You know, you find out that she had her fourth miscarriage. They skip right over it. It it almost seemed like she was like six months pregnant at the time. But then Mm, later in the movie, and and I I think Nicole mentioned that, is that you don't, you don't, you know, nothing else comes about that. And, And it's just. What's the point? Sorry, I'm back. I know. Yeah, I don't well, think a miscarriage should be a plot device. It's more serious than that. I, well, it totally is. But the yeah. thing is, is that that it, it's not mentioned again. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. And but she has these visions of of her her her, her um, you know her brother that that's attached to her of doing these things. But it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense of of she's having these visions, but he's not real or he's not there it's her doing it no it's, no it doesn't it's his ma- manipulation of her mind i guess that's what we're supposed to chalk it up to but well apparently and she's sloppy she's always she always has a she has an alibi for every single yeah. thing yeah well i want to know like are there things in the movie that you guys liked like were there mm-hmm. any br- any bright spots gore gore for sure <laughs> gore good. was awesome for sure i really like the 97 title sequence it was yeah. like a very seven-ish sort of title sequence. Yeah, oh, yeah, and yeah. the the music too. The music sounded yeah. like it's the same person who composed Saw. I was like, this is. This, yes. I feel like this has got to be intentional, right? <laughs> I actually love Gabriel's appearance when he's killing and the like herky jerky mm. way that he moves around, like you know, kind of running backwards, and when he like first. Uh, when she first like sort of transforms in the jail cell, you know, and she like stands up after they've beaten her down and she like slams her feet on the floor and then starts yeah, I like going ape shit. Yeah, I, I love the appearance of Gabriel. I think it's like creepy and dark and awesome. That's kind of like, like that scene from, also. Um, what's, uh, what's it called? The, uh, the one with Ethan Hawke. He kind of looks like him with a bloody face. Sinister, Sinister, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Jacqueline, I oh. like that scene too in the the uh, jail cell with in uh, contrast because they they pair it at, with the reveal of the cassette tape at the same time. Like so, the sister and the mom are seeing like the surgery, you yeah. know, getting that reveal as Madison is transforming into uh, what's his name, Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. Oh yeah, can I we just I... can we just talk about the fact that like she should have horrible scarring on her back? Yeah, right. Like. She's this beautiful woman, like, but she should have horrible scarring on her back and should have questions about where that came from, you know? I also think her her hair in part of the film, I don't know, there's times where it looks nice and times where it looks like a messy, like, wig. And I guess that's partly because of, you know, the fact that it's hiding something in the back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. There's just times where it looks really disheveled and sort of weird, like fake. And then there's times where yeah. you can tell it's the actress's hair. Yeah, but but, but you. I don't a, know. I think it might be a wig all the way through. It might have yeah, been a wig the whole time. I, maybe. Like I, I, that was a problem with the movie though. Is like like it's she kept reaching back for the blood, and it was just like, okay, why is she still what, bleeding and not yeah. seeking medical attention? Like, yeah, and it's just like, yeah, that's a weird part of the movie for me. Is just okay. I I I get what they're trying to say or what James Wan is trying to say with his movie, but. She's constantly bleeding in the back of her head. And is she there or, you know, is like little man coming out and becoming a big, you know, <laughs> freaky tall yeah. guy that's killing people? I, well, I, I don't know. That would have been um, a good way to incorporate um, her, some of her like miscarriages is if they would have done the PTSD or even almost like a postpartum. I mean, anytime hormones are involved and all of that, yes. like that could have been like, she's not sure because she's going through such a deep grief and such a difficult time that she's not, she's like, I saw this weird thing or I'm experiencing this weird thing in my body, but you know, it's, it's probably related to my mental state and what I've been going through. It's probably not real. Like that would have been, I think a great way to sort of like bring that in to make to make her kind of an unreliable narrator, where she's she's not even sure if she can trust herself yeah. and what she's seeing. You know, she's like, yes. I'm just going to be a rational, practical person. There's no way this is really happening. I'm dealing with a lot, but we we don't get that. Yeah, yeah I think that would have really added a lot idea. of complexity and depth to the character and and our perception of her. And I think that would have made things a lot better. Good yeah, call. we get we get zero explanation about that, and it's just like what the hell <laughs> yeah not to mention the fact that like her abusive husband just died so like talk about conflicted emotions you know yeah. this man right. was horrible to you but he was your husband and now he he died horribly so that's complicated emotion you could play off of yeah i feel like um, this could have been much more psychological and like we could have seen a lot more inner conflict mm-hmm. definitely that would have made the film a lot better yeah. Yeah, it went so many different freaking places. I mean, again, it, it's like I, 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 you know, and I think Nicole, you you mentioned at the beginning, it is that you're so connected to these characters of, you know, the piece of shit husband and her just struggling. I mean, she was what maybe six months pregnant or something like that, and then got slammed against the wall, and and you know he got killed by something, and then all of a sudden like things got weird. So you're like mm-hmm. thinking to yourself, oh my God, yeah, this is this is James Wan right here. And then it was just completely in a different direction. You're like, what? What? Yeah. It was yeah. so confusing to me. And it's like, I, I man, I, I just really had a hard time following along. And, and like I, several it different took, genres mashed up. Yeah, it took, it, it took me out of the movie. Totally. Yeah. Which I mean can work. You know, you can you can have some 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 weirdness mashed together. You can even mm-hmm. mix tones together um, and right. it be successful. It's just that's very rare. I think that that works. Um, I know uh, a film that I love that Hydraberg also loves, Ravenous. That movie oh, yeah. does that. Um, oh, yeah. This the tone shifts, the soundtrack shifts. You don't know where you are, but somehow it works and you love it and you're along for the yeah. ride. You know, but. That's one of those things you can't tell people they need to just love it. You know, you know? <laughs> like it either works for you too. or it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pace the film a certain way. And when you start to like blend genres, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's got to flow. 
Although, I mean, we, we did get that opening scene is zany. And yeah. the and the dialogue is cheesy, like when the doctor says, you know, we have to cut out this cancer. Like cut out the cancer. That yeah, that's zany. So like it's at so least we had we had that established as like, okay, that's what this is. But then the very next scene was the super serious scene. So it it is a little it's just it's kind of difficult to parse out where you are. I actually wrote that down for that scene. Some of the dialogue is the doctor says, You've been a bad boy, Gabriel. And the one guy's like <laughs> He's broadcasting his thoughts. And then the cancer scene. <laughs> we have to cut the cancer out. It was yeah. like a Grindhouse film, sort of the way she says that. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like this movie is almost like a weird sandwich where like you're like he was using two different kinds of bread and then yeah, and something then totally the Yeah, and then <laughs> And then strawberry and jam. Yeah, like like one piece of bread was like a, a supernatural ghost or demon movie which is what i feel like the first 45 minutes were trying to that the path that he was well, they called it the devil down. they they called him the devil yeah Jacqueline. yeah it felt like a rehash of insidious almost and i'm like okay i i guess this is where we're going it doesn't seem to fit with that opening scene in the hospital but okay and then the other piece weird like like the kind of uh movie and and then in the middle, it's like the weird action movie jelly that doesn't fit. It's like strawberry action jelly. Um, it just it didn't it didn't go. And I I I'm down with blending subgenres, and I'm down yeah. with combining things in unexpected ways. But I wanted it to be consistent. I did. I felt like we were tricked into thinking that this was like Insidious. Like there were so many repeated details of things that we saw in Insidious and those turned out to be total red herrings. Like she, she saw a little boy run across the floor. Yeah, what was up with that? I don't know, I don't know. I forgot we saw about the exact that. Same, yeah, we saw the exact same thing in Insidious and it's like, okay, that doesn't fit with a being who can control electricity. Oh, well, it does if that's doesn't... Gabriel fucking with her mind. But why? But, but to what purpose? Like, who is yeah. the little boy supposed to be, and for what? Like, it makes sense in Insidious, but like, yeah. but, why yeah. would that be the thing that he makes her hallucinate? It but, doesn't. I I feel like we were. I feel like we were tricked. They yeah. also they they also insinuate that she can manipulate his mind, like through the movie. Oh yeah, and it's well, the they, yeah. insinuate that, and it's just like. Wait, hold on a second. What what's Wait, going so on? So you could have done this all along, like. Yeah. Yeah, well, she didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know he existed. So. <laughs> but but, she can manipulate his mind as well because they're one and the same. Yeah. They are. That's how she jail. She basically jails him till the sequel. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh gosh. Yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if like, I mean, based on all the the controversy that we've all seen around this on Twitter and just in the general conversation, uh, I don't think that this is going to be well received enough to have the studio greenlight a sequel. I'd be be surprised if it happened. I I hope not. I really don't. People are arguing about it so much, though. We're not. We're we're saying the same thing, though. I mean, this movie, this movie to me, just just does not have the cohesiveness of what James Wan has done in the past. I mean, The Conjuring, uh, absolutely, you get. I think he probably aims higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Hmm. Real quick, uh, I do like the setting in this movie. Like, I like it's in Seattle. I like the mm-hmm. underground, like, city element to it. I wish yeah. more movies played on that, like, or use that as a setting, whether horror or not. Like, that's a cool element to have, like, a city beneath a city. Oh, the fact that it was the mom? city. That was yeah. actually the mom of, of yeah. what's her name? Yeah, that was convenient, but. That was okay. Well, it wasn't convenient. Well, he. Well, I guess it was convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why. So like, that's why he's there. I. I guess you know because that's what yeah. she happens. I guess to it's work convenient though that she works in a creepy. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she works but, in a creepy again, environment, and it's like, a horror movie. Where is he? A. I don't know. Oh, oh and you know, I just realized too, like. They don't know who their mom is. So, yeah, he wouldn't know. He wouldn't know to go there because he has a connection with his mom there because he doesn't know his mom. Oh, why well, no, he, he got into it well, in the beginning. But, remember, they said he got into he his files. His he knows about everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Okay. Yeah, so he I knew. see I had forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So I got to say, a totally separate point, but I got to say, as an adopted child, this movie really doesn't paint a flattering picture of adopted children. Or twins! <laughs> or twins. Like, the joint we, twins. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like asking my mom now, like, did any, did you learn anything creepy about me when I was adopted? Like, She's going to be well, like, don't ask me that, that, Jacqueline. <laughs> it was that evil mole that we removed. Oh God! <laughs> I'm secretly full of rage and seeking out people to take out my rage on. You didn't kill anybody, did you? Or that you know? Jacqueline, move her, turn around. It's all. It's all. My hair. whole life has been a blank until last. Week, so I, really don't know. <laughs> I take no responsibility. States. I do. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my God. What did you guys think of the police way. station scene? Like the. Hate it. Yeah, it just feels out of place. Yeah, by the time we got there, I was like, checked out. <laughs> I like well, her transformation, but then the whole like killing all the cops, jumping around, and it, I don't know, it just felt weird. It looked like a video game to me. It looked yeah, like it a did. cheap video game, and we had just prior to it that did. had the scene inside the jail cell, which I thought looked great. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell happened from one scene to the next. It was like a weird angle. And it looked kind of almost herky jerky, like as if it were like, I, I mean, just bad CGI. I don't know, but it just. I think it's like just hard to, to animate a guy who's supposed to be walking backwards. Like, mm-hmm. there's times in the movie where it looks like the hands are normal, and then there's times where they look like they're behind, like backwards. Mm-hmm. And I think they just couldn't keep it consistent. It was hard to do. I would have been know, cool but if it, it was I thought just it looked Madison, good everywhere like else, though. If it was just Madison doing the things with the evil in her. It would have made more sense than a guy walking backwards the whole time. Like, I, I yeah. liked the backwards stuff because it looked too, so but... bizarre and uncanny. It was like very jarring to the eye, but that, that it creeped me out. Like something is wrong here. So and, and that that, that didn't bother me. Work. That was fine, but I, like to me, it was just it didn't add anything to the movie because you're so confused by that time. You're like, what are we watching right now? I mean, I, I I thought the gore was fine. Yeah, yeah. You gore's know, fine. and and some of the, the the some of the cinematography was beautiful. Like like mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie when it's going through the the house on yeah. top mm. uh, uh, where she's yeah, running through really and cool. just trying to get away from this creature she doesn't know what it is. It right. was like fantastic. I was like, oh my god, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. But yeah. 
And even the the color palette, even though it's like it's something that James Wan has done a lot, it was still really pretty. Like the the teal and the reds, like they're really saturated. I was like, I'm still here for this. Like I don't care that I've seen it before. It's it still looks really pretty. All right. There was yeah. an overabundance of fog in this movie, though. I will say that. <laughs> I there like was the a fog. lot of fog. I'm never going to be mad about too much fog, honestly. Yeah, I kind of feel the same underground, way. Though, when they were in the underground and the detectives chasing them, there was fog everywhere. Where's that fog coming from? That's Don't fine. think about it. It's all steam from like the city up top. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Like, Whatever you think it is, that's what it is. And that's, that's what, what it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, I, I somebody mentioned um, the... And how it sounded like the music from Saw. I agree. Was that you, Nicole? Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed so, that. And there were there are a lot of other aspects of the sound production that I really liked. Liked the the. Oh, we're losing Jacqueline. Forty-seven minutes in. Um, Jacqueline. Oh, we're losing you. Oh man, she's making a good point too. Jacqueline, you there? Oh, dang it. Overall theme that they that played throughout the movie, it was okay. Like you said, it sounded like Saw, but there were times where it just felt like, I don't know, like they were just throwing it in there. I, I know what you mean, Hyderberg. Um, for me, one of those moments, I think, was during the opening credits. Like, the music yeah. was a lot faster. It felt like you were already in the middle of something as opposed yeah. to, like, building up. It was a little jarring. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I also didn't love whenever the room would transition and she's yeah. all like in a different room. Like that looked very CG. And I was like, why'd you waste your money on that? Like, why didn't she just wake up in a different room? Like we can follow that. If she goes to sleep on her bed and then wakes up in a different place, like we, we mm -hmm. will understand that she doesn't know where she is. Like we don't need the yeah the weird grainy like fade to a different room. If she's being tricked by Gabriel also, like, you'd think she would just wake up, like you said, in a, mm -hmm. another place, not, like, a transformation in front of her where she could start figuring it out. Yeah, and yeah. I think that honestly just speaks to kind of, like, the bigger problems with this because I think it, it almost should have had either a convoluted plot line and one consistent tone or one very simple plot line with the tone all over the place. I think yeah. if he would have done either of those things, it would have been more successful. But I think the confusing plot line plus the confusing tone layered on top of each other, that's your sandwich that we're talking about, Jacqueline. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a weird sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It did not taste There's good. There's an aftertaste after you eat <laughs> <Yeah>. the sandwich. <laughs> I, Nicole, I, I think you are exactly right. And I don't know how you guys feel. I'd like to hear your opinion. I personally would have preferred a simpler story with the tone all over the place. Like I love the Jalo stuff. I love the um the weird like schlocky trauma hen and lauder tumor thing. I liked I liked yeah. all that mixed together. I liked the gore in the jailhouse. I liked the police procedural even like finding out what the detectives were up to. Um but Except I just the lady detective. <laughs> I don't know. She was all right. But yeah. uh I, I just i feel like it was way too convoluted for me the the most confusing thing of all that i think was really helped by the second mm -hmm. viewing was figuring out to what extent his ability to control her consciousness was affecting what i was seeing as a mm -hmm. viewer like i was really confused on my first watch about 
where is she physically when these killings are happening? And like, what? why are we seeing what we're seeing? Like, which is the reality? And how well, is this here, here, here's the one thing I think is that if you're going to go giallo, you know, you go one killer, you know, it's just a human being. Uh, I don't I don't mind if you like mix other subgenres of, of, you know, this is what I think this is reality or whatever. And you inter- intertwine that. That's fine. But he intertwined everything. And it just mm-hmm. it, like you said, Jacqueline, it just became so com- convoluted and just almost annoying because I was like, I don't know what that fuck I'm watching right now. And, and I don't and I. We, you know, we've heard a lot of conversation about people saying, oh, if you didn't like this movie, you just didn't get it. And I don't think that's fair. Like, I think no. horror fans are patient and uh, willing to stretch their imaginations and willing to follow some complex plots. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's not unfair to expect a certain amount of, like, consistency in your storytelling. And at some point, the ability to understand what the fuck is going on. Right. Yeah. 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 You can't. I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah. You can't shortchange your movie and then be like, "Oh, well, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a bad movie. It's supposed to be campy, so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, matter." It seems... Like that. You know, that doesn't. Yeah. It does it's not matter. fair. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. If this was an homage to Jalo and it was a mystery film where we find out in the end it was a teratoma <laughs> controlling her, like that would have been pretty badass. Right. Yes. But you mix in the, the weird action with the bad CGI and the homages yes. to late 90s, early 2000 movies, which are not great movies. I don't know why the, you would even <laughs> like, really why want to homage to this. Like, you want to make what an homage to I Know What You Did Last Summer? Like, why? Yeah, I had heard that too, knows. that people said it was, it was, I, you've heard, you've heard a lot about what his intentions were, but even like, I'm like, if this is supposed to be like a, like a 13 ghosts or a house on Haunted Hill, which I admittedly love. Right. And I right. think those are like bad movies, but I love them, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, mm-hmm. but it's like nobody, not James Wan at least is going to go make that. You, like, you know what I mean? Like you can't, it's very difficult to like set out to do that. Like whenever they made those movies, they were trying to make good horror movies and they missed right. the mark in some really crucial places. And because of that, they're endearing and I still love them, but right. it, it's, yeah, the, this whole, he was trying to do A, B, C or D or whatever. And yeah, if you don't like it, you don't get it. It's, it's not fair. Yeah. Don't, no, don't, don't give me those options. Don't give me A, B, C or D. Just make a movie. I mean, uh, how this movie well how this movie was presented was a giallo film it was james wan's first giallo film and the thing was is like it was it was first called silver cup and what was silver cup it was the hotel where one of the doctors died right Mm -hmm. Uh, across the street exactly so this is supposed to be a giallo film no it wasn't (laughs) wasn't. no I, i i didn't get that at all well, one of the things about a, a Jalo film usually is that there's almost no plot. Like, and you're I, and just, you're along. Yeah, you're, right. Yeah, I, I you're along for the visuals. Exactly. So that's the opposite. Like, it was like, like too like much a, plot. A, a, exactly. You know, a, a, a police procedure movie. That's mm-hmm. fine. Oh, who's the killer? Uh huh. 
Yeah, I actually kind of enjoyed <laughs> following the main detective, um, Shaw, who, by the way, I'm assuming he was named after uh, the character Mary Shaw from Dead Silence. Which, I haven't seen that. So oh, you dead, should watch it, Hyderabad. Yeah. yeah, I gotta watch that. Yeah. Dead, dead Silence is much better at what I think he was trying to do here. Because Dead Silence, when it came out, I think it was his first movie after Saw. And yes, I really it liked was. it, but it was pretty well hated by everybody. Um, but it oh. was kind of just like, it was kind of like goofy. Um, the tone was sort of goofy from the start. And it had almost, to me like a 50s vibe or something i think i i called it in the slack channel like a dark scooby-doo episode is kind of how it feels and so it's like charming it's like it feels charming but then it it has like some really iconic like monsters and villains that like you're happy to revisit again so i would tell anybody who like didn't like malignant but likes the idea of a campier james wan film like just go watch dead silence you're welcome yeah <laughs> yeah, she's absolutely Nicole is absolutely right. Yeah, she's absolutely right. Hyderberg, you should give that a try. Yeah. A lot of people like skipped over it, I think, because it just wasn't she's not as well known. Time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I like Dead Silence. It's not like my favorite James Wan movie, but I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, all right. Any other major points that we need to bring up? Good just or bad that made or me, indifferent? Uh two things. One thing that made me laugh just in the end, when he throws the chair across the room and smashes the two <laughs> detectives trying to escape, like, I just, that yeah. was fucking hilarious. He just, like, <laughs> heaves his fucking chair across the room. And Gabriel's, like, good at everything when he's when he's yeah. in Gabriel form. Like, he can climb, he can throw, he can do everything. And he yeah. just hits them both, and they just, like, oh, they get knocked out. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. Also, did you guys pick up uh, Zoe Bell, the stunt woman? She was one of the uh, yeah. films. She was the one with the yep. mullet and the... Yep. Uh, yeah, she was the last one to get killed. She, her eyes got gouged out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until I was doing research for trivia, and I was like, oh, I didn't recognize oh, her. I noticed it right away. We do have trivia coming up. That's true. I, I do have some trivia for you guys. <laughs> um, John, is there any anything else that you want to say about the movie before we give our ratings? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I just uh, I, I was so confused by this movie. And and I, I'll say this is that I'm not going to hold this against James Wan because it, it seems like a movie that he actually wanted to make or something. It's something. Yeah, I don't think he really had a whole lot of feedback from maybe the studios or something. And it just it, it confused me. It, it bothered me. Because I, I hold him in such high regard, it, you know? I do. I, I, I like Insidious or or uh, The Conjuring. Like for me, are just like top notch horror movies. You know, you got a PG thirteen movie, you got an R rated movie. This was R rated, and the gore to me was was good. It just it had no, I don't know, rhyme or reason. I R guess. No, and, and I didn't feel it. I mean, I was not feeling this movie at all. John, I heard the movie's rated R for reverse. Reverse. There you go. Well done. I got to tell one corny joke at least each minute. <laughs> Who picked this anyway? Was this you, Hyderberg? No, no John picked absolutely it. Absolutely not. John There's no boobs it. in this movie. Why would I have picked this movie? <laughs> I, yeah, John true. picked this movie. I wanted to do a brand new movie. I heard there was a lot of 
you know, uh, polarization of this movie. So, and then I, uh, I'm going to give Hydroberg all the credit for bringing our friend Nicole on because Nicole, thank you so much for coming on because this is awesome. It's awesome to have you on. Well, yes. you're you're welcome. I was like, I was kind of like, I don't know if there's anything else to say about this, but I think we did pretty good. Oh, yeah, had some interesting <laughs> stuff to say in the Slack too. So I was like, oh, she's got something to say, and we haven't had you on yet. So I'm sorry that we didn't pick a better film, but. <clears throat> Oh, no, sometimes well, the ones that you don't love are the best ones to talk about. Yeah, they make good conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like think there was a lot of fodder. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think there was a lot to talk about here, and I appreciated Nicole's analytical um, perspective on it. So, and I, Nicole, I thought you had a lot of great ideas about what would have made this movie better. So maybe next mm. time James Wan should consult you. <laughs> oh, thanks. And, I and, and if I would have, uh, if I would have discovered a true love of film earlier in my life, I think I would be a filmmaker instead of a graphic designer. It's not too late, I guess. But I don't it's know. It's never I don't too wanna, late. I don't do want to move to Hollywood. You can be a writer. You can write you scripts to. and sell them from your home. Oh, well, that's 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 true. I don't know. It's it's uh it's one of those it's one of those dreams. And whenever I do have good ideas about movies, which I certainly do not always have good ideas about how to fix things, but when I do occasionally have a good idea about how to make something better, I'm like, man, I'm in the wrong line of work. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late, Nicole. You can always uh, have like a side gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just call, call me and I'll help you fix your movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's the fixer. She's the fixer, folks. <laughs> nice. Call her to fix your crappy movie. John, you yes. want to hit us with your rating? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> well, I'm going to say that to me, I, James Wan is not in my bad graces yet because I really appreciate what he did. Obviously, he's had a bunch of stinkers as far as stuff that he's produced, uh, i.e. Curse of La Llorona, uh, which was really bad. Um, but this movie made no sense for to me. Um, it was like the plot just was really hard to follow. And it was just like, it's so segmented and bloated that it felt like, uh, it just felt like something maybe he just wanted to make and nobody really gave a shit at the, <laughs> you know, at, at, at the production company or whatever. I just want, uh oh, my, am I good? Can yeah, you you're right. out a couple times. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so for me, it wasn't a very good movie. Um, I'm going to give this, ooh, I hate to say it, but, uh, and again, it's not against James Wan, but I'm going to give this a 3.5 out Whoa. of 10 um, conjoined twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And that's, that's your, that's your rating. Hyderberg. You want to hit us with your rating? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I have some pros. <laughs> Not a lot, but uh, I have them. Uh, it's a good-looking movie. It's well-made. James Wan knows how to make a how to make a good-looking movie. Um, you know, he's an established filmmaker. The cinematography is really well done. I like the sound effects. Um, I like the setting a lot. You know, I think that could have been played up a little bit more, but um, it's really well done this movie jumps around to different settings here and there and they're all pretty interesting um i i think james Wan he took a risk here and i commend that you know this is his movie and it was his vision and he saw it to the end and you know whether you like it or not you know he put it out there and he did it so um as far as cons though like the acting it's over the top most of the time 
it's just I don't know. It doesn't sit well for me majority of time. Uh, the dialogue can be cringe here and there. The CGI is spotty as hell. At times it looks decent, and then there's times where it looks really like it's straight out of the era of the movies that he's like paying tribute to. And mm-hmm. it's 2021. I feel, I feel like we could have made a backwards guy a little bit less herky jerky. I don't know. Um, the soundtrack doesn't match scenes at times, and it's inconsistent in my opinion. And the song that plays throughout it, I don't know. It doesn't do it for me. There's times where it, it, it works well, and then I feel like they're just putting it in there to, to bridge scenes together. Uh, ultimately, th- there's a good idea of a movie here, but it falls flat for me. So with that said, I'm going to give it a uh, five out of ten conjoined twins. Straight down the middle, five from Hyderberg. All right. Nicole, would you care to give us your rating? Yes. So um, I do want to revisit a little bit of what I said about James Wan earlier. So um, I think James Wan is definitely going to be considered like a master of horror in a decade, two decades. I mean, he already is, but I think he's going to be right up there in regard with Wes Craven and John Carpenter and Romero and all the greats. I think he's going to be up there as he should be. I mean, you can make one great horror movie and be a master of horror. And he's given us several. Um, And I mean, I went and saw Fast and Furious 7 in the theater just because he directed it. Like I was on the James (laughs) Wan train. You know what I'm saying? So um, I, when I say that I don't trust him i mean i i what i mean by that is that used to i would show up at a theater and like expect no less than the best horror out there from him and at this point i've just i've just come to not expect that um i don't know if we'll ever get like another masterpiece from him if we don't i still respect him and again think that he's among the greats if he never does another great thing um so even though I didn't like this, I'm still going to be interested to see what he does next. And, like, maybe this was just something you had to get out of his system. Maybe this is an idea he's had floating around in his head, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to do it and see if it works. And, unfortunately, it seems like for most people it didn't work. So, I think um, right. yeah, mm-hmm. so that doesn't mean that he's not going to try another idea that's been floating around, and we may all love it. Um, but I just don't show up anymore just – knowing for sure it's going to be great anymore. And especially now, it's going to be like, I don't know, we'll see. (laughs) Um, But I think your sort of expectations and your opinion of James Wan sort of maybe colors how angry or meh you are about this movie. So um, like I said, you know, for the first half or so, I was just kind of like, oh, this is fine. You know, it's not, not great, but just... The same things we've been saying, the inconsistent tone and just super convoluted plot just ultimately didn't pay off. Um, I did like sort of the creepy hospital stuff. And when they revealed Gabriel, like that was all very creepy. And and I enjoyed that. Um, As I said, I enjoyed um, the really bright pops of color and and all of those things. Um, Still, like you said, he knows how to make a just a visually striking film. So all those things were good. and like I said, there were little tiny moments of of endearing interaction with the characters, and I, w- I would love to have seen more of that. But the little bit that we did get, I really appreciated. So um, I am also going to land at a 5 out of 10. Um, and one more thing I do want to say before I, I wrap up my piece here is, if you like this concept, there is a better movie out there to watch, 
And a better book to read, you need to read The Dark Half by Stephen King and then watch the George Romero-directed movie um, because it deals with this evil twin thing. It doesn't play out the same way, um, but it's very interesting. Uh, the movie was not made for TV, but it does have a few sort of like made-for-TV like feeling moments. But if you're interested with this like teratoma concept, check out The Dark Half. You'll be glad you did. I didn't know All that right. was a Romero film. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll definitely want to check that out. That's one mm-hmm. That's one Stephen King novel I have not read, but uh, maybe I need to grab that one pretty soon. Yeah. And it's, uh, so. it was, I think it, it was supposed to be um, a Richard Bachman book, which was one of King's like pen names. And all of the books that he wrote as Richard Bachman are a little more gritty and like a little more violent. And so the dark half has, has a, a little more of an, an edge to it. It almost reads like a, like a, pulp novel or something so nice okay yeah that sounds yeah. good all right Jack Layton, so, how are you feeling I, about the movie <laughs> well yeah so i i, I <laughs> yeah. can't really disagree <laughs> i can't really disagree with anything you guys said and you know we've already touched on it but i i i do respect james wan's um commitment to whatever this was uh, <laughs> i think because he has been so successful i think the studio just kind of let him i think it's new line uh new line just kind of let him do whatever he wanted it's almost like they didn't hear about the plot and they were just like make the film and tell us when you're done and we'll try to market it and i think that they obviously didn't know how to market it correctly but i don't really blame them for that because i wouldn't know how to market it either no nonetheless i respect the fact that he tried something really risky and it seems as though he made the thing that he wanted to make. So, you know, I I always want to see something different. I always want to see something unique. And so I have to give it some credit for that, at least. Um, I've already complained all my all my complaints. So I guess I would say if I had my way, I would play up the Jalo aspect, play up the schlock factor, you know, it's okay to keep the killer's identity a mystery throughout and maybe drop some clues throughout, but but you can't break the rules that you set. Like, if you tell us that he controls electricity, you don't have him opening the front door. That's not electric. So I, I just feel like there was cheating going on. So I would have gotten rid of all the... Anything that suggested that Gabriel was a ghost or a demon, anything that made it seem like this was another insidious story get rid of that keep the setting i like the spooky house like make it a giallo in that spooky insidious house that's fine and then have it end up being you know the teratoma that's that would have been the perfect thing for me and get rid of that lousy cgi in the police the headquarters so i think that would have elevated it to like (laughs) to me that would have made it like maybe an eight or a nine out of ten level movie um, just for its audacity and its weirdness. And I, and again, I thought Gabriel was scary. I was into that. So um, that's what I would have done. But the fact that it didn't go that way is a huge problem for me. So um, like Nicole, I will still be curious to see what James Wan does in the future. I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I don't trust him anymore because I really only judge these people now based on their directing work I don't judge them based on what what they've produced I kind of ignore that like oh if it's produced by Jordan Peele fine it's not a (laughs) movie 
if it's produced by Eli Roth, fine. It's not an Eli Roth movie. So I'm, st- I'm still team one. So, but for the purposes of this movie, I'm going to come down at a four out of 10 conjoined twins. Wow. I was the lowest one out of all of you. Holy no, nice. yeah, well, you're yeah. at 3.5. Yeah. There's just three. Yeah. You know, so you were the lowest, John. I was just uh, thinking too, that end scene in the police station, it was like John Woo via James Wan. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, would you guys like to hear some trivia? Oh, I'd love sure. that. Absolutely. Actually, uh, I do. I do have some just straight up facts to give you, but I also have a little mini game to oh, play. Oh, yeah, a game little... again. Oh no! All right, you guys. Oh, this last is a week, fitting, you guys... fitting episode. If you want to play a game? Or what? I want to play. I want to play a game. So yeah, I've, it's just a little mini little Quizlet. It's three questions. Um, do okay. you guys want me to give you multiple choice answers for these questions, or do you just want to see if you can? Grab those answers out of the blue. Let's see if we can grab them. So, so uh, Nicole, what you do is just yell your name if you know the answer. Okay. All yeah. Right. So you yell your name, and then you can, and then you can answer. Um, okay. Just a second. I forgot to write something down. Okay. There we go. Number one. And then if the and then if you guys can't, if there's just no ability to guess, then I'll I do have multiple choice answers prepared. Okay. Question number one. A teratoma, as we know now, is a tumor made up of tissue like hair, muscle, teeth, and bone. In medical terminology, the Greek suffix oma means tumor. So the end of the word means tumor. What does the Greek prefix terra or terato or teras mean? Flesh. John. Flesh. John. Nope. All right. Anyone else? Hmm. I have multiple choice possibilities if you would like those. Yes. Throw them out. <laughs> okay. Is Wait, only a- uh, Heiserberg and Nicole can only answer this because I guess wrong. Darn it. Yeah. So you're out. <laughs> I'm All out. Right. Does Terra mean A, monster, B, extra, or C, dead? Nicole. Nicole. <laughs> uh, let's say B. Extra? Uh, wrong. Nah. <laughs> dead? Nope, it means monster. Ah, everybody got it wrong. Yes. Monster tumor. That's what oh. it means. Well, because it looks yeah. like a monster. I just didn't think medical terms would have said that. You know, that's pretty cool. Uh, that, that is weird. Like that it is, used yeah. to be a you human. Got a monster tumor. We just don't want to tell you that. So we're going to call it a territory. You're a monster medi- tumor. Oh. Those medical namers, they are savage. Question number two. You, uh, this is kind of a, oh, there's a little trivia fact in, embedded in the question here. A contortionist and dancer named Marina Mazepa played Gabriel and did uh, m- most of the like physical work of Gabriel. On what famous TV show did Marina first become known to American audiences? Would you uh, like options? Yes. Okay. Is it A, so you think you can dance? B, Ripley's Believe It or Not? Or C, America's Got Talent. John. Uh, C. John. Nick. Well, John already called. I'm going to say uh, America's Got Talent. Ding, 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 ding. One point you for totally John. stole my. <laughs> yeah, you stole. You got to say your name. I did. Yeah. I just didn't say Hydroberg. <laughs> too late. <laughs> too, and no, I said I said my name first, and then you said. Yeah, your name. John was first. John was first. 
Well, you're right. up, yeah. This one, you probably don't need options, but you know, let me know if you do. Question okay. number three. In which James Wan film did Annabelle Wallace, who played uh, Mad- Madison- John. Previously appeared, John. That would be The Conjuring. No. no. Oh, dang it. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Nicole. Origin movie. Uh, Nicole. Yeah. Uh, Annabelle. First yes, one. Yes, that's right. That Creation, is correct. Right? Mm-hmm. She appeared yeah. in the first Annabelle movie. As was she Mia. one of the nurses? I don't she was know. The main, she was the main character. She's Mia. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I, looked, that I looked her up whenever I first saw the trailer. I was like, why is this actress familiar to me? She was in Pe- Peaky Blinders, and then she was in Annabelle. Yep. That's true. She was also in the 2017 The Mummy. Her complexion in this movie changes several times. There's times where she looks fair-skinned and then a little tanner. And then there's times where she looks super, super pale. Hmm. Yeah, maybe like inconsistent makeup or lighting. I don't know. In any case, uh, John and Nicole in that game in a tie with one point each. Sorry, Heidelberg, you did not end up on the board. <laughs> I don't right. have I any sudden death questions. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to That's lose. That's true. <laughs> no, I didn't, uh... You did win last week, Heidelberg. Um, you would did. you care for just a couple of interesting factoids? Yes. Sure. I just have a couple here. But um, the actress who played young Serena, I don't I didn't write down her name, but she was in the conjuring too. Uh, oh, nice. Serena, so the mother, the birth mother, Serena May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anybody recognize the actress who played her? No. Um. She was she was recognizable to me for two things. One, she was the teen daughter in Uncle Buck. <laughs> really? And did anybody watch the sitcom Yes, Dear? No. Nope. A long time ago. All right. She was the wife on Yes, Dear. She was okay. the little girl in Uncle Buck? No, so she the was teenage, the, teenage the teenage daughter. The teenage daughter. The really pretty one. Yeah. Yeah, oh, the wow. teenage daughter who was like making out with the boyfriend and Uncle Buck is like threatening. Oh, so him. you're saying yeah. the older Serena, not the young one. Right, right, right. Sorry about oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, adult, uh, yeah I have to go back. I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, I didn't I didn't recognize her either until I was doing trivia and I was like, oh yeah. And then I went back and watched it. And I still don't think I would have picked up on it just by just by seeing her. But then again, she was also kind of always kind of in the shadows and the dark and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an interesting thing. The actress who played the crime scene, the young woman who was like the crime scene, you know, data collector or whatever. Who had you know, the, the crush graphic. on the uh, detective? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- that mm-hmm. is Ingrid Bisu. Uh, and she yep. is James Wan's wife. And she also co wrote really? this movie. Uh, oh. Yeah. So, She's Nicole, one of the, one of the first things you said was, who wrote this movie? And the answer is, James, James Wan's Wan, wife. Ingrid, B- Ingrid Bisu and <laughs> hmm. um, some other person. But the funny Akella thing is, this, yeah, Akella Cooper, but Ingrid Bisu and even James Wan, they don't actually get screenwriting credits. It just says story by. And then hmm. Akila or whatever, that's okay. who actually gets credit for writing. That's because Wan knew this was a piece of shit. And he was like, <laughs> I don't want to be attached to this. <laughs> yeah. Except yeah. directed by. So According I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't sound like this Ingrid Bisu has like, a ton of experience. I. It sounds like he kind of. It almost seems like a Rob Zombie move. Like, oh, like I was just going to say that. As you far know? as wives on screen, she she did way better than Rob Zombie's wife. <laughs> hey, now leave Sherry alone. <laughs> leave Sherry alone. Did you guys see the Jaws uh, meme I put in the Slack chat? Yes. yes. 
So Rob Zombie's jaws, and then it's just the the shark is fucking his wife's head coming up out of the water. Okay. You know, one of these days, I'm gonna pick a Rob Zombie movie, and I'm just gonna torture. I hope you, guys. you do. I'm gonna. So I haven't seen the you, Salem one. Um, I will pay you one hundred dollars if you do not pick a Rob Zombie movie. Oh, well, actually, I'm gonna pick. Now I'm I've gonna pick Lords Rob. of Salem. I've heard decent things about Lords of Salem. So. Yeah, so have I. Um, John, that's literally, I could get a new mic for the podcast if you pay me $100. I won't pick a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> I think I would rather pick a Rob Zombie movie than get $100. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I so, will say, though, like, they've been married a long time. And, like, they, have been. they seem like they're very in love. And they're, and they're, they're pretty cute. So <laughs> here's, the one thing, here's the one thing I have to say is happy anniversary to Rob Zombie and Sherry Moon Zombie. Um, I appreciate him as a director, just not as a script writer. I yeah, like no. his music. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he's one of those people that like I respect because like he's clearly like a horror nerd and a horror lover, and it's like Absolutely. even though yes. I don't love your work, I kind of love you, and I'm glad you're in the tribe. So <laughs> that's that's I, my thoughts on again, Rob <laughs> Nicole, you're absolutely right. Uh, the one thing is, is he's a. I can't believe I'm saying this. He's a good director, a terrible script writer. Oh gosh, it's so bad. I think he might do good things with the monsters, from what I'm hearing. No, he won't. I mean, if he's writing the script. Like he can't, he? he can't do what he normally does with the monsters. Yeah, like, no, that just doesn't. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's more guy like he's fenced in. He's got to stay on course. We hope. <laughs> and he also really loves that franchise. From what I understand, like, he's a super big fan. So, yeah. And I'm hearing I'm hearing positive things about it. So who knows? We'll see. This would see Grandpa Munster. See what he looks like. Y'all bloody and say like, fuck you, man. I'm gonna just fuck you. With that. Yeah, we played Grandpa Monster, played by Danny DeVito, a la uh, Always Sunny. <laughs> Grandpa Monster, he's drinking, he's drinking blood out of a out of a Coke can. <laughs> oh. Have they released um, casting news about the Munsters yet? Do we know? I haven't anything seen anything. The, the only thing I've seen is like pictures of like like their prosthetics and stuff like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've seen like mm -hmm. set design stuff and uh, that's stuff all about I've the seen. Car and the house, and those are all been pretty positive. Yeah, agreed. Actually, I actually yeah. agree with that. Like from what I've seen, actually, looks the pretty, look and uh, the feel of the, of the movie is supposed. To, is this supposed to be a theatrical release or is it like a Netflix original kind of deal or something? I haven't heard. I don't know yet. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, Jacqueline, you don't know? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. The monsters? Hold on, guys. I, Wait, I have Rob Zombie on the line right now. Hold on. All right. Yes, Rob? it's a theatrical release. Okay. Okay. Rob, okay, okay. Dig through the ditches and drag through the witches. Back yeah, in my totally. Dragula. Mm -hmm. Hyderberg's got the direct hotline to Rob Zombie. God. <laughs> I just called the All hotline right. kink. Yeah, uh, Jacqueline, you have any more uh, trivia? That's it for me for trivia. So we are done with this movie, boys and lady. <laughs> well, but 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 we have to talk about next week. What are we talking about? Next week, it is my pick, and it'll be our first episode in October. And so I would like to choose a movie that gets me. I don't think it's 
specifically set in October or around Halloween time, but it just makes me kind of feel like it. So next week, we're going to be talking about the original Blair Witch Project. Yes! Whoa. Oh my god. Gary, <laughs> get your tissues for all the snots coming out of your nose. <laughs> that could have gone so many different directions why we would need the tissues. I didn't know where what you were going to well, say. Maybe you really but... like this film. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. So I don't know why you might need tissues for that hydroberg. Your business. All the snot bubbles coming out of your nose. Duh. Shameless plug, listeners of a cut above. Once you're done listening to the Blair Witch episode, then you need to hop over to Light and Shadow and go to last year's Halloween episode because we talked all about witches and of course we talked about Blair Witch. So yeah, you did double feature. You had a Do bunch it. of uh, female hosts on that one, right? You guys yeah. talked about oh, yeah, a bunch of different movies. That was a good episode. I would actually recommend like going and checking out Nicole's right now. Yeah, yes. don't worry about what Go do it. <laughs> don't don't wait. Don't walk. Light, Run. light and shadow. Go see With that it. Said, or you go want listen to plug to your uh, your socials and everything? Uh yeah, I well I did earlier, but I will do it again. Remind Please. the people. Do it again. Um people yeah, fast forward through the review. Facebook, Instagram, Light and Shadow Pod. Um, also, like I said, I'm pretty much on, I think I'm on all the, the pod catchers. Like, let me know if I'm not on one that you have, but, um, it just, it's light and shadow colon, a horror podcast. Sweet. So, and and we got to be, we got to be on the straight chilling podcast, you and I together and uh, with Anthony and we went to hell. So, yes. So go. if that sounds intriguing to you and you want to know more, listen <laughs> to the 300. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they graced yeah. me for uh, last year. I did a little series on Candyman, and yes, I did. had each one of the guys on for, for one of those movies, and that was a lot of fun because since I, yeah, I don't I don't have guests on very often, so when I get guests on, it's 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 a lot of fun. So so next time didn't, I need a guest, I'll have to mine one of you. <laughs> didn't Andy go I on would suggest Jacqueline like because, because Hyderberg and I are dumbasses, so get Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my Can next uh, my next Thanks, women Sean. in horror episode, Jacqueline, you'll have to come on. I would love to anytime. Did you just you assume my gender? Because I might want to come on the women in horror. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> shut up, dude. Don't <laughs> even. <laughs> I'm just oh my lord! Yeah. Let, let, us get... know... she agrees. let us know when you have a period, Hyperburn. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> All um, right. And you can also find us on our socials. On Twitter, we are at Cut Above Horror. We're on Instagram at a cut above dot horror underscore review. And we are at Facebook, a cut above horror colon horror review. <laughs> okay. Good luck finding that. <laughs> so. Everybody go watch Blair Witch to prepare for next week, and we will see you guys next weekend. Keep it creepy. Bye-bye. <laughs>